Okay, now I'm recording. Hey, sports fans. Welcome to How Do You Engineer, a podcast where engineers talk to engineers about engineering stuff. And has nothing to do with sports. Sports! Well, no, we, we, can, we can be talking specifically to sports fans. Well, I mean, like... Hey, sports fans, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl? You know, you, know what, you know what's great about sports people? How agile they are. When, <laughs> like, when they're playing rugby and... When they're playing rugby and they all line up and like interlock and around the ball. Yeah, 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 what, yeah, it's, yeah. What's that called? It's called a, a scrum, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, sports fans should be interested in this. Bing! <laughs> all right, so uh, so Pete. Me? Oh, right, this is my episode. Yeah, you're, yeah. The, you're the guy that knows stuff this time. I, I guess so. I don't really know all that much stuff. I was trying really hard to recruit people that know more than me to come and join us for this episode, but they're not interested so they're bashful yeah so i'm going to i'm going to wing it that's okay that's good i i think we 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 may have to start branching out into uh into we explain things that are interesting to us in the way that we understand them to prompt people to be (laughs) like no you're dumb yeah we we no longer go and find (laughs) engineering experts and talk to them about topics we now make up answers to to things and wait for people to correct us well see like all the podcasts where they go and find experts and do that do that for their job and it's kind of hard to pull off when you're doing this as a, oh, yeah, we need to record a podcast today. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yes. As we were hinting, today we we're going to talk about Scrum slash Agile. Long promised and foreshadowed. Yeah, I think we've mentioned it a few times and keep saying we're going to make an episode on it. Yeah. So here mm-hmm. it is. Agile Scrum, the way of the future. Oh, man. What does all so, that mean? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with Agile. Uh, Agile is, it's okay. So Agile originally was developed as a a progressive way to organize and um, kind of philosophically um, direct software teams and software development. So it was, it was built for software. It can be used for all sorts of projects. It's since been um, adopted by many different areas and um, groups of, of people and, uh, and engineers especially who want to work on specific projects. But originally it was developed as what they called a manifesto for software development. Yeah, it's become kind of buzzwordy now where every, yeah. everyone's like, we got to be more agile yeah. without really knowing what the word means. So originally, in the this website still exists. Um, if you go to agilemanifesto.org, um, it was a group of engineers and software developers from a number of different companies that all basically came together and came up with these this manifesto for how they saw software development. They have 12 principles of agile software, and then they have their manifesto, um, which was essentially supposed to be, and I'll, I'll quote here, um, uncovering better ways of developing software by doing it and helping others to do it. Through this work, we have come home, sorry, we have come to value, reading's hard. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is the main part. Individuals and interactions over processes and tools. So it's essentially working with with people and interacting with humans over using processes and tools to supplement that kind of, of interpersonal relationship. Working software over comprehensive documentation. So above all things in Agile, the number one thing is having working software. That is like your number one goal. Just get something that does something. Get something that is, uh, quote, of value. Like you want to be continuously and as quickly as possible creating valuable code. You're always adding value? Yes. Um, Customer collaboration over contract negotiation. So it's working with your customer and with your stakeholders 
in an ongoing way so that you're constantly updating your requirements and changing the software so that as you're constantly delivering valuable, useful code, they're using the code and giving you feedback so that you can be constantly iterating and agilely changing the way that you create the code so that they basically end up with the best software for them, not just necessarily what you guys agreed in your contract or had a plan for. Agile-y. Agile-y? Agile-y. With great agility. With great agility. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is a word, but it just sounds wrong it's, when you said yeah. it. Anyway. And then the last one is responding to change or following a plan, which is sort of what I was talking about before, where a lot of what agile becomes is that ability to respond to change and to uh, sort of not get stuck in your path and in your what you see as being the way that you are going to execute a particular development project, but more kind of working with the set of requirements you have at the time and then reviewing them on an ongoing basis so that you have an idea at any given moment of what the customer wants and what they don't find that they want after all and stuff like that. Because basically a lot of this just comes from the fact that when you work with customers to build something from scratch for them, at the beginning, they don't really know what they want. We talked about even a little bit with um, Tim and his marketing talk about that, where a lot of what you do in marketing and in sales and also in software development is talk to your customer about what they need and what they want and w- try to figure out what they really want and what they really need. And so what Agile does is give you kind of a framework for how you develop software so that in an ongoing way from day to day and, and week to week and month to month, you can basically work the project so that any given moment, if the person says, you know what, I really don't want this particular piece of code or this particular thing in hindsight, now that we've used it, doesn't really work the way we want it to work. You can just immediately change that and adapt to it and start delivering something that does work for them. Like for a counterexample, the way software used to be developed and the way a lot of products are still developed is more straightforward. You would sit down with a customer and a lawyer and be like, here is what we are going to be contractually obligated to deliver. Yeah. And then you'd get nitpicky details down to like the word of this is this will look like this, and this will func- this is how this will function. And then you'd go away, make exactly what that document said, the requirements document said, come back, deliver it, and then wash your hands of it. Yeah. And that usually wasn't as effective as anyone hoped it would be. No. Absolutely. And that that's sort of what uh what this gets to, it's sort of the way that people also used to develop websites where you would say like, I would like a website, please. And the company <laughs> would basically deliver the website to you and be like, here you go. And you'd be like, but this is orange. And they'd be like, ha ha. And that'd be it. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't specify in your requirements document exactly what orange you wanted. Yeah. And yeah. so like, and that's a bad example because website development is like a black hole of customer requirements and really terrible iterations a lot of times on it just means that web development should be more agile like <laughs> yeah well see, it, it is definitely possible to go too far the other direction where you yeah. where you get stuck in continuous loops but you're failing to meet that requirement of adding value with every loop yeah uh, every iteration it should be getting something should, something should be getting measurably better with every iteration absolutely so if you skim through just to, f- to finish up agile if i skim through some of the principles there are things like Your highest priority is to satisfy the customer. Um, Like I said, you want to be continuously delivering valuable software. You don't want to necessarily just wait till the end. You want to be continuously giving them software they can use that's valuable to them, which both builds trust and delivers a product they can use earlier, but also gives them experience with the product so that if there are changing requirements or later in development, they decide they don't want something, like I said, they still have, they had that ability before the end of the project to, to figure that out. Um, 
and then this a lot of it's like working with people developers work with business developers working with the stakeholders and um that kind of thing a lot of it is flexibility in the team where you don't necessarily assign roles to team members and you don't necessarily um give them a lot of oversight or a lot of dictates it's more kind of um finding motivated people that you think can do the job and support them and build an environment around them that is nurturing that will give them the flexibility to do their job and then you basically just let them be their own self-sustaining self-organizing team Mm. So it's a lot of the idea is sort of having a, a group of developers and you just be like, all right, go develop. This all and, sounds pretty vague. Yeah, but it's, it, <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it in the implementation, a lot of it comes down to which we'll talk about in Scrum. Um, you have a set of things that need to be developed on the software platform and anyone can just pick one up and work on it. Mm. It's not like you are the front end guy. You are the back end guy. You are the um, database guy. It's like, here's what we have to do. If you've got time, pick a thing and do it. But people might specialize, like yeah. the guy who's good at doing databases might do most of the databases, but right, not exactly. because he's the only, that's his only job. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot, there's a lot of iterative review and stuff like that. If you, when you get into scrum that sort of compensates for that by making sure that there's a little bit of a follow-up every now and then on what's going on what's working, what isn't working. Mm. Yeah. And then, I mean, a lot of it is, again, like I said, face-to-face conversation. One of the things that comes out of agile is, um, another part of it that I forget the name of and I lost my notes, so I can't reference, but (laughs) um, basically it's working with um, pair programming. I think it is where you basically work with another coder side by side. Extreme programming. Extreme programming is part of it also. (laughs) I just remember that because it's such a like, they tried to make it sound so cool. It's basically just two people sitting at one computer. (laughs) So I I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's on the lines of pair programming. And basically the idea is that you sit next to another developer and the two of you side by side in person, write code together so one person is coding one person is like thinking through it or correcting or sort of like on the fly giving suggestions and stuff like that but it's, it's a team coding it's not just like a person a developer sitting at their desk hmm. um, Interesting. and a lot of it is also like like i said that face-to-face interaction is really valuable where you sit with the customer you sit with the developers you sit side by side with the people that are doing the stuff you are because it's that's a very strong part of what builds good um, code because you can just uh, you don't have the barriers to asking questions or thinking about things or offering suggestions or stuff like that. It's uh, another reason why we brought this up the first time in our telecommuting and uh, telepresence episode. Yeah, it seems like a like a method that's very much suited to the modern, the more modern office setting of like open concept, go over and talk to people as opposed to the old development system, which was very much like, here's a piece of paper that says what to do, go to your cubicle and do it, and then come back with when you're done and give it to me so I can put it into this bigger machine that you know nothing about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the last part is really getting to where Scrum comes in, which is at regular intervals, reflecting on how to become more effective um, and adjusting the behavior of the team to do so, which is kind of to a certain extent what Scrum does. So Scrum is basically a, a framework that is sort of like an implementation of agile. So it isn't agile, it's sort of part of it. Um, but it's it's more kind of a project management framework that is built around the ideals of agile. Hmm. Um, okay. But it can stand alone, it can also be used with other methods. And also agile can be adopted to other frameworks as well. There's a whole list of them on Wikipedia of other ways that you can apply Agile to project management. Are all scrums Agile, but not all Agile projects are scrums? I don't even think all scrums are Agile. It, it kind of comes from that, and most of the time it's used in in conjunction with the Agile like ethos. You can have a very ponderous and like straight-moving <laughs> scrum. 
that doesn't give a shit about simplicity or <laughs> delivering valuable software. It, it's it, there is that question. It's like this. These seem like very ni- very nice, high minded ideals. It's kind of hard to yeah. say like, oh no, I'm going to do that. Like, be as unagile as possible. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, very very easy to claim that like that's part of your ethos. That's true. I mean, part of it is also that I think Scrum is a generic project management framework as opposed to agile being more specifically designed for software because mm. it was designed by oh, software okay. developers and it was sort of with that in mind not well, that it doesn't apply to other projects it's just that was sort of where it came from yeah it, it does make sense it makes the most sense in an industry where you're, where you're creating something where iterations are low cost compared to like delivery yeah because because yeah. if you're doing a hardware project uh, having 100 iterations versus 10 iterations if you've got to throw out 100 prototypes it, that increases your cost a lot more than yeah like overwriting yeah. code there are no raw materials it's not like you're working in a wood shop it's yeah like, yeah where so mm-hmm. i mean the, you, you can you can throw away the whole specifications when you're not really worried yeah. about like you're not machining a piece of metal yeah or like you're not like you haven't built half of their office and they're like you know what we don't really want a conference room we're thinking <laughs> we're gonna go a different direction yeah exactly <laughs> um but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's incompatible it's just that the it, the ethos has to be uh or the the concepts of agile have to be taken at a slightly higher level like like there are parts of it you can pick out the interactions with customers and the social part of it yeah. that makes a lot more sense and could improve a lot of industries without necessarily requiring that you go through the kind of uh, highly iterative process that you get with software. Yeah, that's fair. So Scrum is is this framework. Um, there's part of it that is still kind of the high minded ideal of agile. Um, which is kind of the, the scrum theory or like what they what they see as being the the philosophy of scrum and it's basically a few different things just like agile was where it's things like transparency where a lot of the the, the code and the interactions and the deliverables and the goals are all transparent there's self-inspection and adaptation which is also also the same sort of thing as agile where it's like trying to to look at the project and the members of the team and think about how to make them better and how to how things are going and how to improve and adapt and things like that. So it's the same kind of ideas. But what Scrum does is it basically gives you a framework for how you run a project in an agile way. So it gives you members of a team and those members those team members have roles and responsibilities and then it gives you a framework for how you create and deliver parts of your um like the requirements and the deliverables for the project so starting with the team you basically have a project owner or product owner um which is basically the person who is responsible for figuring out like what you need to do what the goals are what the um the current work should be and what's coming up next and what's most important and what's least important. It's basically the idea of like a project manager. It's the person who has the grand vision for what you're building. The guy with the high level understanding, yeah. high level direction. Mm-hmm. And at any given point can be like, this is something we have to do. This is something that's not that useful at the moment because our priorities have changed. This is something that we should start working on, stuff like that. Like it's it's the, the visionary. Um, I don't want to <laughs> get too stupid with this because I'm the product owner for the project we're working on. It's the best guy. <laughs> it's the vintage visionary, the leader. But he's yeah. not necessarily like guiding the project so much as taking the requirements that are coming in and deciding how they're going to be implemented. Yeah. So if you look at the different parts of of, of a Scrum project, it's essentially um, you have a backlog of, I don't want to get too much into this, but you have a backlog of um, tasks and issues and things like that that you need to address. And where are those coming from? 
they're coming from anywhere. They're coming from the stakeholders. They're coming from the product owner. They're coming from... What's a stakeholder? From... What's a product owner? Okay. Oh, so... my God, Simon. <laughs> well, no, this is, these, yeah. these, these are terms that are actually, like, specific to Scrum, and they have well, very stakeholder specific isn't, meaning. Well, stakeholder isn't, but yeah. So, so stakeholders, I just made up that name. It's not even actually part of Scrum. It's basically, like, the people who will one day own and use the software or, or the product. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like it could be the users, it could be your customers, it could be um, whoever is going to be the person who has an interest in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but the product owner is the product is, owner a is, the, is the person who basically stands between them and the dev team. Right. So he's a member of the dev team, but he's sort of the interface to where the product will end up and who the people that will actually use it or have bought it or are interested in what it's doing and what it will be capable of doing. So he might, this is, this is like in a project management point of view, it's like prod, a product manager as opposed to a project manager. Yeah, exactly. Um, the okay. product, the product manager owns the whole, the thing they're making versus the project manager who owns the process of making the thing. Sort of. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to convert it into, into terms that I've used before, but right. So, so the product owner in this case, I can go through a couple of the ideas. It's like, it's expressing, the backlog items. So you have a list, like I said, of issues and bugs and requirements and um, tasks and things like that. You'd be the one who was responsible for creating those and for organizing them and figuring out which ones that you are most useful, um, stuff like that. So you're basically setting the goals and the um, the tasks that need to be done by the, the project team and by the product development team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the development team. And the development team, obviously, because it's agile, they're self-organizing. They um, have no sub-teams, stuff like that. It's just sort of a group of individuals who work on different parts of that backlog. Um, and they have recommendations for the size of the team and stuff like that. Um, you have the Scrum Master, who is basically responsible for making sure that you're doing Scrum. Like, like literally, <laughs> it's like the Scrum, the Scrum Master is basically like supposed to be the guy who's like, um, <clears throat> we should be um, finishing our sprint soon and... <laughs> having a sprint review meeting it's that kind of we don't have one of those what's a sprint uh i'm getting there yeah um so so this is like this is the umpire this is a guy like on the side being like foul not scrum yeah like like literally like the description in the documentation i read is like the scrum master is responsible for ensuring scrum is understood and and, and enacted like it is the person who's responsible for making sure you're still scrumming that feels so bureaucratic (laughs) oh my god it feels like i mean it's the word master which is just totally badass which which is why we don't have one because i am the scrum master there's this whole stupid thing too where like um if you don't do everything that is in scrum you're not doing scrum like there's no like you can sort of do it it's like if you if you're not doing all of it you're not doing it which Uh, we also sort of rebelled against so so you're not actually doing scrum because you don't well, have a scrum master. What my team is doing is scrum butt. <laughs> so, so scrum butt is basically you're doing scrum, but, but oh. <laughs> you're doing some parts that you're not quite doing scrum for some of the stuff you do. Oh, oh okay. my God. So it's, it's, it's just basically like a, a little bit of a laxer version of like what scrum would be, but we don't have a scrum master. We don't rig- rigorously stick to the timelines that are set out in what they think should be done for a project and stuff like that. Oh, I figured out what I'm mm. picturing now. It's, I'm picturing the dungeon master. The scrum master sitting there behind his cardboard wall being like, <laughs> yes, yes, do scrum. <laughs> <laughs> you have missed your deadline. Roll for damage. <laughs> you enter a room. You've entered a new scrum. Roll for initiative. <laughs> um, anyway. 
<laughs> so are you guys doing scrum, but because you don't have a large enough team for proper scrum or what's the reasoning behind that? Part of it has to do with um, our particular project. We don't have firm deadlines. And so we're mm. not necessarily following the timelines for scrum because we don't need to be delivering software to anyone. And part okay. of it is also because we have a smaller team. So we don't need a scrum master because we don't have like 10 or 20 developers who would be not following kind of the the established uh, pr- sort of like framework that we're trying to follow and everyone trying just to keep keeps, track of everything and stuff like that. Yeah. Everyone just keeps a little imaginary scrum master on their shoulder. Exactly. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do scrum. <laughs> and so it, just to final it off, uh, the scrum, the rest of scrum is basically just events. So it's basically like events that you have at a given time period. And it's the those roles I talked about. And then uh, the last part of it is how you work through the elements of the project, which are basically the backlog that then you take a piece, you work on it, and then you finish it. So <clears throat> getting into the events, um, like I said earlier, there's a thing called a sprint. Um, a sprint is basically a set of backlog items. So the, like I said, those are issues, they're bugs, they're tasks that needs to get done that you parcel out and say, these are the ones we're going to do for this period of time. And but you said you say bugs and tasks, but they could just be like it's a feature. It could be anything. It's not yeah. necessarily something that's broken. They're, it's something that yeah. is not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Or in the software exist. that we use, they're called um, like tasks or issues or bugs. Okay. Um, and then they have other like greater subcategories of like really important ones. Right. So um, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But basically, the idea of a sprint is you take a collection of work that needs to be done out of the backlog, and you say, um, in the case of like rigorous Scrum, this month we're going to do this. And we're going to do this collection of things in mm-hmm. the backlog. Um, okay. Part of why we don't do Scrum is we don't necessarily stick to it having to be a month. Okay. Um, sometimes we'll do three weeks. Sometimes we'll do two weeks. Sometimes we'll do two months. It just depends. But um, that's basically what the what the, the sprint is. It's basically like we're going to sprint on this material and try to get it all done as much as we can. Um, okay. During the sprint, you don't make changes that would endanger the sprint goal in terms of like you don't necessarily... You can uh, you can take you can add elements to the sprint, but you don't take anything out of the sprint, and you don't necessarily like start changing things to make them more complex and have feature creep and stuff like that. Like you try to stick to what you decided you were going to do, and you wouldn't you wouldn't fundamentally change something that you had said you were going to complete. Like you said, this is your front end; it's going to do this. You're not going to change a requirement on the front end, and while you're in the middle of developing the first rev of it, yeah. Basically, you try to get you try to agree to what you're going to do and then do it. And beyond that, you try not to make, to, to flex it too much. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And you can, you can cancel a sprint and stuff like that. If it turns out that like the goal is obsolete because you've been you, doing your agile re- review and talking to stakeholders and talking to the um, product manager. And you've decided that like, Hey, you know what? This thing we're sprinting for is actually no longer useful. <laughs> you can, stuff like that. And, uh, You'll, you'll have a sprint planning meeting where everyone gets together and for a few hours decides what you want to put into the sprint and stuff like that. So that's just, and there's a list of topics that recommended for like what how you run your sprint planning meeting, like which is sort of dumb and we don't do that either. Um, where is all this like this sounds very codified. Is this all documented mm-hmm. somewhere? It is. Yeah. OK. And I can send I can, I'll put it in the show notes and you don't. this isn't necessarily like the be all and end all of what Scrum is. It's just a good description of how you can do it. Um, it sounds it sounds pretty rigorous though. Like it sounds like the be all and end all of what Scrum is. It is, but that's why we don't follow it because it doesn't need to be that rigorous necessarily. Is I, I 
I'm curious. Is Scrum butt an actual thing that people like? Is this a, an agreed upon term? Or is I don't this know. Okay. One of our developers who's used uh, Agile Scrum in the past mentioned it. I don't know if it's actually a term. <laughs> it sounds like just because it it's should su- be. Yeah, because yeah. it's such a rigorously codified thing. It seems like it needs to exist as yeah. like Scrum point, like Scrum yeah, light. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the reason why it's called Scrum is also part of it is you have a daily Scrum. Um, which is a big like thing in software teams. Like a lot of teams just do this anyway, even if they're not doing Agile Scrum. Mm. And that's kind of your your classic like startup company fifteen minute stand up meeting where you talk about what everyone is doing yesterday, what everyone did yesterday, what they're going to do today to meet the sprint goal. Like, is there anything that you're have, you're having problems with or that you'd like some help on and stuff like that? It's basically like a fifteen minute stand up. Like, this is what I did. This is what I'm doing. I'm good to go or I need help or check out this cool little thing I made and stuff like that. It's kind of just a quick checkup. Hmm. Um, And then there's a sprint review at the end of the sprint to decide like, did we actually finish everything? What were the major issues we ran into? Um, What were some of the things that we um, might want to bring into the next sprint that didn't get finished, but we think we can still fix them, stuff like that. And then part of that is also like they have a sprint retrospective. (laughs) Um, which is the same kind of um, agile ethos of like inspecting the team and inspecting um, how the work was going and trying to figure out ways to improve the overall software development process. Hmm. And then finally, there's the bits of what Scrum is. And I mentioned the backlog a few times. There's a backlog. There's the sprint backlog, which is basically just those pieces, the backlog that are in the sprint, just those elements of work that you're doing right now. And that's basically it. So it, I mean... To, to go a little bit more um, exemplary in how you can bring that together, we use a piece of software called Jira, um, specifically Jira software, to track our development and our project. And for that, Scrum is built in. Um, so it basically gives you the ability to separate, like to create a backlog and to, point, to initiate a sprint, to bring backlog items into the sprint, to work through them. Um, well, we can maybe do an episode one down project management, but there, it's... Uh, the way that we lay out our tasks that we're doing is using something called Kanban, which is basically like any task is either in the backlog or it's under development or it's complete. Hmm. Those are the three sort of steps or stages or like statuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what Jira also does is it gives you kind of, I don't know if this is part of Scrum or this is just part of Jira. It gives you ways of organizing how different elements of your sprints or different issues in your backlog are in terms of complexity. So you can have an issue, which is like, there's a thing that I'm going to work on. You can have a task or a bug, which are kind of self-evident, but you can also have stories and Mm. stories are basically like features that are, um, they're going to take some work and they have maybe some sub sub features or sub tasks that need to get done or sub elements, but basically they should be completed in a single sprint. So within a month or however long you run your sprints, you should be able to finish this story, which is a feature that you're going to build. Hmm. Um, and then okay. they also have epics. And epics are basically like really large, beefy features that are going to span multiple sprints. So there is something that's like a major piece of, like a major feature or a major, major piece of code, like an entire GUI, um, where you have to basically do a lot of work on it. But you still lay it out. You're still organizing. And you basically say, this is going to take a while. We're not going to finish it this sprint. But as opposed to parceling out parts of it, we're just going to put it inside an epic and it'll span multiple sprints. And would you, like you said, you don't make changes inside a sprint, but an epic might 
might morph over the course of several sprints. Yeah. So in, in at the end of your sprint and your sprint review, you might change the the, the subtasks or sub elements of that epic to say like because an epic is basically built of stories most of the right. time. So you'd say like, okay, well, we're going to take some of the stories out. We're going to change some of them. We're going to still stick to agile, but it's all under the umbrella of the interface epic or whatever. Right. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then there's other things I think as well that come into it, but that's basically how at least it's structured in Jira and how you can kind of organize it. Cool. That is cool. Hey, um, um, it. I have a question. Cool. Uh, Peter, Me. as someone who manages uh, two teams, one that is kind of a software team and one that is arguably not a software team, yes. do you think that something like this could work for your other non-software team? Uh, I think... And would you want to, really? I think it could work to a certain extent. It depends on the team and what they do. Um, mm -hmm. It works really well for software because software in and of itself is a collection of things that need to get done. Yeah. Um, are the t the specific um, other team that I manage, which is a content primarily team, um, because it is still a collection of things that need to get done, and most team members could do any of it. That's still it could probably still work if you treat it mm -hmm. like what the entire department is doing as one project. Exactly, that would make sense. Yeah, any okay. any any individual project that a content development group is doing would may not work quite as well. Mm -hmm. Although maybe, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it likely could be done. We've actually talked as a company about changing the way that we create products so that the first development stage of all of our products is done as like Agile Scrum, hmm. or at least as, as Agile. And then uh, once it gets to production, we, we transition to a more rigorous production kind of, uh, of process where everything is very kind of strict and regimented because that's how production likes to make things. Mm -hmm. But it's a good question, though. I think, I think it is adaptable. Um, to a lot of different teams, a lot of different types of projects and stuff like that. For instance, you could do it for all sorts of different creation-based projects, like I like we were talking about before, where you're like building furniture or you're. Well, I've done like I've done PC. I used to do PCB design, and I would say that we were. I worked for a fairly small company, and we did fairly agile hardware design. Mm -hmm. In that it, you would go through several iterations, and it would be build like build something get something at the door that works so they can test it it doesn't have to be pretty it's just got to be a prototype and yeah. the next one is get something out that's a, that's better but it doesn't need to get all the way to the finish yeah companies that build mm -hmm. products i think can almost all follow some semblance of agile scrum yeah like, whether they build like falcon 9 rockets or they build cars or they build like motor scooters i'm sure you can well, I mean, Follow like any, anything that's got safety concerns is going to be a little bit harder because it's just getting something out the door that's good enough to like, yeah, my, my, my car has no doors or airbags, but it's a car. Yeah. Test <laughs> it anyway. Yeah. You're right. The, that aspect of it is a little bit different in terms of the agile kind of get workable products to your customers because, yeah, exactly. Like if you're building a physical product, you don't want to be like, well, here's a prototype. Have fun. Yeah. It is useful. And you do <laughs> often do that. Just to get reviews and to get, to get a feel for if they think it's going to be useful, that is absolutely something you would do. But it depends on what you're building. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It's never going to be a one size fits all uh, no. solution. But I think there are parts. It sounds like there are parts of the agile ethos that would apply, would improve a lot of a lot of other methods, a lot of other project methods. Like just the matter of being social, interacting with people, not isolating, not having isolated. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have somebody going off and creating something in isolation and coming back and you're like, why did you just spend six months making that? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or listening to your customers. Like that, I really like the the whole idea of you continuously and on a very, very frequent, regular basis, talk to your customers, talk to your sales team, talk to the marketing team, make sure that everyone is still aligned on what you're doing, make sure that your development team is talking every day about what they're working on, what problems they're having. Like everyone is always talking. And bringing, yeah, bringing everyone to a common location. Your, your development yeah. team, bring your development team, but also helping your customer, like talk your customers towards the center point that makes sense. Talk your developers towards the center point that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Any other questions? I get it now. Awesome. Um, so, but so Scrum is just one, like one process in yeah. in the world of Agile. Yeah. Or do you know any others off the top of your head, or do we need to like do some research after this? Um, there are a few of them that you can sort of look up uh, online. Um, I mean, there's there's ones that are sort of like frameworks like Agile, but then there are other ones that are just sort of like little like bits of little bits of it, like I said, like pair programming that are basically like not really a framework. They're just sort of like a thing that has come from agile that people do. It's a practice as opposed to a framework or a a process. So there's stuff like Mm -hmm. some of the ones that I've heard about, I've heard of as well are things like you said, extreme programming, Mm -hmm. which is basically like a team sits down and works on a piece of code together at a table until it's finished. Yeah. As long as it takes. Um, and there's feature driven development, which I've heard of as well. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I've heard people sort of like pitch it in interviews and stuff like that as being a thing they've done. Mm. Um, and that's part of agile and lean software development's another thing. That's that kind of thing. The whole Kanban process that I was talking about mm-hmm. where you have basically like categories of tasks and they're either like yet to be created in development or finished. That's part of agile. There's some interesting stuff with like ecological design where you spit out a whole bunch of reasonably working prototypes of something just to see how they like what does well what people like when you don't when especially when you have a customer that doesn't know what they need you in software there are a lot of things where you're just like i'm going to put out a whole bunch of variations of here's things we could do and see like get them to the point where someone could get a feel for whether they like it or not yeah and then there's also a collection as i as i read on on uh, wikipedia <laughs> of, uh, that i didn't know existed of agile practices and that's where things like pair pro- programming comes in which is uh, okay. agile practice or um continuous integration which we also do as our team where you're conti- you're basically constantly um submitting code and that you always have functional code so like at, at any given point the the software that you have is working mm. it's just you're constantly um, so you're constantly building new versions all the time that include new features. Okay. Mm. Um, but the, you basically, so you, you check out the code, you add your fe- so you make a branch of it, you add some code to it, you make some features, you work on it for a while, then you commit it. And then now you have like new code and new code and new code, but the, the current kind of production or at least like beta code is always functional. Huh? Yeah. I guess, I guess that's become almost like normal. You see that yeah. in a lot of like a lot of projects. You'll have you always have like here's the latest release, here's the latest beta, which you that you assume is working, and it's always going to be every every maybe nightly releases of quote unquote releases of the beta. Yeah, but it's just wherever we were we're at the end of this day, yeah. which people tend to always do with software. Like we use GitHub as well, and so you're always committing your code. You're always making like making new branches and working on things, and then committing them when they're finished or stuff like that. But part of what continuous integration is is that those commits always spawn a build 
Right. As opposed to just being like a new pe- a new code base, there's always a new build of the product. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, awesome. I think well, we've, uh, that's probably good enough for yeah. hopefully it'll spawn mm-hmm. some interest from people in in subtopics or get some feedback from people because it's a really interesting topic but it's also one that could sprawl like we could talk about oh, yeah. things connected to this for like i said ever. we could do oh, a whole for a long episode time. on project management yeah so if people are interested in that or if there's some subtopic of something we've talked about or some completely unrelated topic that you want us to talk about i think we're at the point now that we're happy to like do a little bit of a talk about any topic yeah, sure. I don't know if we're... <laughs> I, 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 we're slowly it, sliding away from trying to find people to talk to us. So well, if you if you don't mind listening to us, we'll just keep talking. <laughs> if, people want to, if, if people want to talk to us, we're happy to talk to them. But it's a lot of work to find people. So we'll, we'll try to avoid degrading into the like, we're going to read a Wikipedia page into a microphone. But <laughs> it, yeah. it could be a couple steps removed from that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have done this if I didn't have some experience with it. Yeah. I wouldn't just, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't just read it out of a textbook or something. But no. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, something that we've like, we write curriculum. If it's something I've written curriculum on, even if it's not something I've necessarily like an expert on, I'd be happy to talk about it as a topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And if you'd like to do so, how do people get in touch with us? How? If Where people want to tell us, if you have things you want us to talk about into a microphone, possibly off of a Wikipedia page, you can go to uh, howdoyou.engineer and get in contact with us at with uh, feedback at how do you engineer, or you can reach us on Facebook at Facebook slash how do you eng, or on Twitter at at how do you eng. And I think uh, it's only just one at if you're talking about Twitter. I notice you do that all the time. It's not, it's not at, at, at well, no, it's it's at the location of at how do you eng. Yeah, but if you're cool, yeah, no, you just Simon you just correct. say at how do you eng. You know what? I'm not cool, and I'm okay with that.